Salutations and greetings, adventurers. <laughs> I don't nice. know. I, I'm determined to not start this podcast the same way every single not. time. That's fair. Of course uh, not. Anyways, welcome to Cantrips and Cocktails, uh, where we are four friends sitting around exploring a made-up world in our heads. Pretty much. It's not as sad as it sounds. Because <laughs> really we not. drink while we do it. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> that makes it all yeah. better. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that makes it a party, right? <laughs> um, anyways, yeah, I am Brandon, the dungeon master of this grand, not, I don't know if it's a grand tale, but of this story. I uh, hope people are enjoying it if you're still listening to this podcast. Um, to my left this time, we have... What's up? It's Landon. Uh, play Celty. It's your boy, Ben, <laughs> playing Kane. <laughs> you can tell we are recording this at not our usual time. Everybody's got energy today. Uh, I am Colin, and I play Varus. Yeah, Colin, Mr. Consistent yep. Energy Level all the way through. Smooth, uh, very measured story yeah. of his life. <laughs> well, with every episode, we have a drink, a cocktail, a delicious whiskey, or some type of other liquor to try. And so I made this... For us this time, I have never had this before. I found the recipe online, so I, well, I'm going in blind with you guys. Uh, but it's called a shark tooth, and so it is uh, clear rum with uh, some lime juice, lemon juice, um, club soda, and grenadine. And so here goes nothing. <laughs> it looks good. It smells like Kool Aid. Yeah. It looks. It looks. Yeah. I'm kind of hoping it's like it a does smell like Kool Aid. Oh, that's an easy drink. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. I'm getting it's like nice, nostal- fresh. Yeah. Like nostalgia vibes from like like summer fruit punch. Like, yeah. Because it does taste Not like the alcohol well. part. From well, when yeah. I was a kid. But yeah. Like, the, the alcohol is pretty much yeah. not present. Yeah. Like, nice you, you and get tart, the, like the, yeah. The tartness is there. The sweetness is there. It's good. Yeah. A little bit of. It's, uh, this is, this is good, like sitting on a deck or a patio yeah. somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, like, like it literally tastes like. Kool Aid. If you squeezed a little bit of citrus into it, yeah. and I'm down with it. Yep, that's good stuff. So it's called the Shark Tooth. So I'm gonna add that to my my list of drinks that I want to have more of. Every time you say Shark Tooth, I just want to say Shark Bait. Hoo ha ha! I know. <laughs> I know. I, when I that's that, I'm not gonna. That's partly why I, <laughs> I, I, I like. I saw this listed somewhere. I was like, ooh, Shark Tooth. <laughs> so I'm worth it. Our Nemos are coming out. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, this is great. Um, this is something a great drink to sip on if you're. Listening to a court trial, <laughs> yes. which is what's about to happen. So Pretty much. Let's yeah. dive right in. Last time we played, <laughs> uh, you guys did some trial prep, um, put on a little bit more of like an investigative hat, um, and you guys went about trying to find a little bit more evidence to kind of just seal up the court case against Oswald that Simone was preparing found some interesting things you guys talked to some uh, locals you learned that um pinkton had his uh was actually seen by like a cobbler in the market square the day before the attack started uh what else was there no, i think that was pretty much it for the most part that was like that thing but then you guys also went and you spoke to oswald um yeah. well really it was varus and simone with kane and Celti viewing and you, you guys quickly came to determination that he is not all there. And so this is going to be kind of interesting in the trial. So you all prepared, um, supported Simone, kind of tried to talk through what her case is going to be against Oswald. Um, you guys learned a bit about how the court case works, which is as a reminder, um, there are five representatives from the company with a sixth from the offender's home com- 
country because, you know, the company is not illegal. Like, they can't technically pass laws. They just have policies. They're a company. They're not like a, you know, a country. And so the representatives from uh, the accused's home country is there to make sure that, you know, basically someone who is, like, of, like, a certain standing is there to witness the trial. But the judges, these six panel judges, try to interpret the law from that person's home country and pass a sentence or a trial. So um, it's kind of this interesting relationship that the company, um, Southern Mysterium Train Company, has established with most other, like, established kingdoms or other, you know, governments in the world. So, yeah. And when you all walked in, um, you all saw the judges stand there, and Selty recognized the representative from the kingdom of Atron as her aunt Olivia. How... Olivia is still alive um, when I mean she was older when you were a young woman um, is beyond you but she's there looks almost the same way she did the day you last saw her so with that you all are standing here the different benches and stuff in this courtroom are beginning to fill with some onlookers Simone is up at one of these tables in front um, what would you guys like to do is there a like designated space for us to sit are we being uh rule of perception check okay yeah, i was about to say i am kind of just take it in i'm not leading this at all okay that's pretty <laughs> decent uh 21 um looking around there doesn't seem to be any like designated like witness zone for sitting okay necessarily so you would maybe assume that you're just you find an open seat, and when your time comes, you're you're called forth. Remember, this cool. is a very like empty Spartan room. Like they're just set up benches with two tables, and there's like a small like raised platform. Like it's not there's not much going on here. It's it's a space of utility. Okay. Um. Then yeah, I just walk in, try and find an open seat where we can kind of sit, not preferably a little bit kind of out of the way that we're not drawing a lot of attention. Okay. Um. If at all possible, I was about to say we've got me here. That's <laughs> no, not difficult. You guys can find, um, you know, three open seats on a bench about four or five rows back from the front. Um, there's a, probably a total of, um, with a central uh, aisle, there's probably a total going back twelve to fourteen rows of benches. Okay. So you know, it's it's a pretty large space, but you know, it's not like some huge assembly chamber. And you know, gotcha. each bench, um, you know, each bench on either side can probably hold six to ten people depending on their you know what their race origin is like you know sure. six goliaths or ten humans kind of a thing gotcha so okay. um yeah you guys can easily find a seat yeah probably um, do a little wave to simone to yeah. make sure she sees that we're here and- yeah and when you do that simone does come over to you and she goes oh i'm so glad you all are here um so you all be called forth when the time comes um i might have forgotten to mention you will have to voluntarily enter a zone of truth as witnesses um if if that is something that you are you are amenable to i, di- I didn't think it would be a it would be a problem for any of you. you you don't seem to like have anything to hide in this circumstance of of course i mean we're here to support the the truth of your story and i i appreciate that very much um you shouldn't be asked anything outside of the terms of the trial, um, it's actually, you know, it's kind of not permitted to ask beyond the bounds of what you're you're here to speak on. So if you're, uh, you know, and remember, you don't have to answer within a zone of truth. That is an option, but you, you shouldn't have to worry about that. You shouldn't be worried about incriminating yourself or anything. It's just 
it's to help us make sure that, you know, we are getting the truth out of every witness. Celty's kind of just staring at the floor a little bit when she says the, uh-huh. that. And then, like, as she explains that it, the question should only pertain to the trial, she's, she's like, oh, like, kind of coming back to it. Yeah, like, okay. yeah. I was about to say, there's definitely mm-hmm. a wave of relief yeah. on, yeah. 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 on yeah. Kane's and, face. And I'll say that as you guys were coming in, um, the this hall um, in terms of like the attendees and stuff, you know, all the judges are here, but the, in terms of the other general attendees that are just people coming in that, you know, this is kind of a big deal. The fact that Oswald Pinkton's on trial. So it's like, it, it's going to be full, but when you guys enter, there's probably only a handful of people in here, but there are more coming in behind you. So it's still very much in that people getting settled in. So as you all settle in and um, someone goes back up and is kind of going through some more papers, um, you all do actually see that she has brought craw here with her and he's sitting there kind of helping organize some of her papers um, up at the front. He's not doing much beyond, you know, basic clerical like work. Um, but go ahead and everyone just make me a, a, a general perception check just as you guys are sitting there kind of taking in um, the room. Just see what you guys might might notice. That was a roller coaster for my day. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, 20. 20. 7. 7. 10. 10. Um, I'll say, Selty, you are distracted because it's almost like the thing where you're trying not to look. And so thus your entire focus is on the fact that Olivia is sitting easily 100 paces from where you are now. Um, She hasn't looked over at you, hasn't acknowledged you. She's actually chatting um, with this uh, like kind of hawk nosed like beak nosed sort of uh, human with glasses sitting on next to her as one of the judges. Mm-hmm. Um, they seem just to be kind of amicably chatting before the, the trial begins. Kane, you take in um, the fact that Oswald is already within the chamber. Mm-hmm. Um, he's sitting at the other table, um, just not really looking around him. He's just looking at the table in front of him. You think he might be muttering something, but you see that sitting next to him, is an half elf female woman who you can only assume to be his appointed defender. So, um, if any of you were to ask, you would learn that her name is Helene Brigsby, but you might hear people around you muttering those names. No, I mean, it's a low thing to hear, but you know, they're talking like Helene Brigsby is this, and, and she's a masterful defender who has been, who has come all the way from Fortune Hold, um, actually at the company's behest to make sure that this trial is done in the best way possible so i'm gonna make sure that he gets the best defense he can mount and that simone is presenting her best argument to hopefully ensure that there is the best case presented around this time um it has begun to fill almost to capacity so much so that a few of these uh, security agents for the company that are were you guys recognize a few of them um particularly captain towels who was uh, outside of Simone's tower begin actually denying any more access. I mean, the standing room only there are people crammed in behind you um, to where they start having to like tell people like, no, there's no more room. There's no room. And actually begin to open some of these tall windows oh, wow. and people are standing outside of this courthouse to try and he- hear what they can. Um, there's no, nothing set in place necessarily like project that noise, but they're trying, but they're, they're opening these windows to try and let whatever sound gets out for the people who are standing around outside to hear. You don't know what that looks like outside, but you picked up on it when you saw these security agents going around opening the windows for that to be heard. Uh, is there anyone around that looks sketchy? Since we know that he, Oswald, was dealing with someone else, is there anyone that maybe sticks out a little bit? 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, go ahead and roll uh, roll another perception check um, since you're intentionally looking for this now. 19. 19. No one that leaps out to you immediately. However, you do clock that when you all first entered, seemed like he'd been sitting there since the moment the doors opened, there is a, an older human man, very wrinkled, um, sitting on the very front row behind Oswald. His features, they don't seem like distorted in a way. It just seems like the proportions of his face are not quite right. Like his nose is a little too large for a human face. His eyes too small. Not in the way that it's like off-putting, but it's just, it's an odd appearance. Okay. Um, but that you do collect that. Celti and Varus, uh, I would say at this point, unless Kane says something, you guys don't notice this at Which all. Which I do, I do kind of just nudge okay. both of them with my elbow and just kind of point. Yeah, and, he, and he's just wearing a very simple like brown travel cloak. Um, beyond that, you guys can't really see what he's wearing, but he's just a bald, older man. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just like his ears are like too far, what you would think maybe like too, set too far back on his head. Hmm. Like hmm. not like in line with his jaw, just like kind of further back. It's just like he's just like it's like it could happen if someone was born with deformity, but there's too much of this like mal shapeness for it to be so kind of like uncanny valley. Yeah, um, just slightly off, just off. Yeah, okay. overall, um, to where you may not clock it at first, but when you see him as a whole person, you're like, yeah, something's something's weird with the way he appears. But, okay, yeah, that's I'll it. definitely keep my eye on him for the okay. And and you did you it was very heavily stated or implied that like really no magic should be cast at the like during the court proceedings yes okay yeah um in fact you do notice that there are two mages um saying at the front who they are routinely every 10 minutes casting detect magic okay then that takes care of what i was wanting to do anyway so so um and you guys do see that oswald has this collar and braces around him you guys remember, they're wanting to keep this on him, so they're not going to use Zone of Truth on him because they'd have to remove this um, in- basically inhibitor collar mm-hmm. on him, um, which would then, while it would let the magic affect him, it would also allow him to draw on his wellspring of magic and use it. And so the choice is to not, has been made to not allow that for Pinkton, um, but for everyone else, Zone of Truth will be applied. Cool. Hmm. Neato. So, um, and I, I kind of hinted at it before and I'm just going to say it outright. Cause I don't know if I made the point across, um, Pinkton was considered one of the company's most powerful mm-hmm, mm-hmm. wizards. Um, and so that's why he was a little tick that he didn't get moved out of late to a bigger place like Port Mara and that Simone got it. Um, but he is considered a very powerful wizard in his own right. So some people might've even thought that like when Cadius retired, that Pinkton would take over that executive mage mm. role in the company mm-hmm. one day. I remember that. Yep. So, um, yeah. So, we begin. And Cadius Brown, the executive mage for the Southern Mysterian Training Company, walks to the front. Remember, he is this middle-aged halfling man. And he stands there and he makes a proclamation. All right, now, listen closely, all of you. This trial is one like, well, one that has never been seen before. The likes here in the company's lands. So we have a few point of auto rules for you. There'll be no outcries or outbursts. Our final ruling stands. And almost immediately, 
whatever is decided, it will be dispensed. So should he be found innocent, Mr. Pinkton will be set free and clear to go. Should he be found guilty, you'll be taken immediately to the docks and shipped back to the kingdom of Atran for him to stand and receive his punishment. If I hear any outcries doing this, well, let's just say that the rules of no magic within the court hall don't apply to the executive mage of the company. <laughs> and again, like I've mentioned to you all before, he's a small halfling man, but some instantly, it's, it's like he stands there as though he is a giant. Everyone just hushes when he speaks. And he just simply turns around casually, walks back to his chair and sits down. He goes, all right, Simone Weathersby, let us begin. So I'm not going to go through this word for word. Sure. But Simone opens her case. She points out the evidence that you all presented to her of Cadius being spotted by a cobbler here in the city. And she brings the cobbler forward. Um, I believe I gave you Oswald all Oswald being spotted by? Yes, okay. by the cobbler. Okay. Yeah, sorry. I think I might have spoken there. Um, I believe you, I gave you all his name of Hank. Yep. Mm-hmm. Hank does mm-hmm. come forward, gives his account. You see the judges are kind of nodding as they listen to that. Um, I've Just so you all know, I've made some predetermined rules about... Simone and then the defender Helene Briggsby's like arguments and like their oh, persuasiveness. So you already roll, I, I rolled okay. it ahead of time just so we're not sitting here me going through some like rolls and stuff. But cool. I, I kind of re- pre-generated that. The part that I have not pre-generated is your involvement. Okay, so cool. We're here to fuck um, it up. So she goes through that. Um, she points out that uh, three upstanding heroes who have become hero who have become really like living legends within the city. Were the ones who discovered Pinkton's marking upon the gargoyle and actually still put an into this. Um, she makes a few more of her arguments. Then comes Helene's turn. She begins to refute some of these claims, saying that the eyesight of an old cobbler in the market square, you know, may not be the most reliable source. And do these heroes that attack really know what they were looking for? None of them are trained in the arcane arts. How did they know that that symbol, you know, belonged to? Oswald Pinkton, and that how do they know that, you know, Simone didn't encourage you all to interpret that marking that way when she told you that that was Pinkton's symbol. You know, some of these arguments where some of them are like, okay, that's a little weak, but some of them are like, you can see that the judges also are kind of like, well, there is that too. Like, none of you guys are trained in the true arcane fashion. Um, so that, that goes back and forth. Eventually, you three are called up together. To, to witness. Okay. So they call you all forward. Um, and Caddy's Brown is calling up people at one at a time. And he goes, all right, now we hear from the, the ones who found the markings on the gargoyle. Uh, Selty. And he, he kind of leans over toward um, so one of the judges next to him. He goes, Selty with no last name. Uh, Day. Oh, Selty Day. All right. Canaros uh, Hideskel. Oh, hide scale. Canaris hide scale. My of part and uh, scale. uh, Varis Leiden of oh, is that of the Angvarn Leidens? It, it it is. Yes. Oh well, welcome welcome to Port Mara. All right, come up, lads and lassie. Waddle on up there. <laughs> and there, there's a there's a there's an area where you guys have been seeing some other people when they step forward, um, where one of those mages that's ta- casting detect magic over and over is, turns around and casts zone of truth on you all. Does anyone wish to try and resist 
or do you permit the spell to take hold? I was about to say, I think even if I resisted, I would lose anyways. So, yeah. <laughs> no. yeah. yeah. If, if you resist, they know you resist it, correct? Uh, roll an Arcana check. Uh, 15. Yes, you, you do know that they would. Um, the okay. caster would know and immediately probably call out and be like, uh, <laughs> they can lie. <laughs> this ain't gonna fly. Uh, yeah, Selty will I'll go along with the spell. Okay. So. I will also allow it to, to take hold. All right, Indeed. perfect. Okay. So first, Simone steps up, and she asks you all. Now, please, for everyone here, please describe the events of how you got involved with this gargoyle attacks in town. And you guys don't have to relay it word for word, but you can say, like, you know, you, you can tell them, basically, you know, you heard about the job, you went to Simone's, you talked to her, and you guys decided to see what you could do to help out. You fought the gargoyle in the town square. Then you found that chunk of it that had that marking on it. You took it back to Simone. She let you know that that was Oswald Pinkton's marking. And then you guys investigated the roof, fought that gargoyle on the roof that also had the marking. And then you connected it because those were gifts from Pinkton. You guys can just lay that off. And I, I assume there is like the normal, like that, that has been entered into evidence. Yes. You see it, it is actually on a, on a low table in front of the okay. platform. It is sitting there um, along with the other gargoyle. Like, so like there's two pieces of rock that have that etching in it. They're from either gargoyle that they're able to recover. Gotcha. Cool. When you said the other, oh, you're talking about the two, not, yes. they didn't pull the third gargoyle. <laughs> no, 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 no. So like, yeah, from the gargoyle that you fought in the square and the gargoyle yeah. you guys fought. Okay. The, okay. They would have if, if my axe <laughs> screwed up. <laughs> the, the only thing I think I would add to it, if it hasn't come up yet, is the additional, like his, his diary and his writings that we sure. were able to parse through. Yeah. And at this that, point you see a Simone offers those in and she's like i would now like to submit these as evidence and you see helene brisby just kind of like bristles at that because she, simone can enter the defendant just has to on her feet mm-hmm. um defend basically there's no like there's no discovery here. there's no discovery here so there's mm-hmm. stuff that is submitted beforehand but either side can prevent present new evidence in the moment Ooh, wild west out of here I was about to say, we're going yeah. old phoenix right yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. is there anything else you guys would try to through your answers truthfully relay to the judges to the court to to everyone there uh i forget did we decide on whether mentioning the stuff going on in the forest was relevant or not or do we want to try to mention that that if they needed like if they questioned like our character that could be presented and we floated the idea of trying to get um like contacting the waggle top, like Salinop, yeah, yeah. And say, I, I like think, as just a like another witness to our character, yeah. If that was called into question, I think we shot that down. Now that I think, about yeah, it. I think we we kind of said like we have that in our back pocket if things get real squirrely, like if we can delay, like pause the trial, like recess mm-hmm. the trial. Yeah. And that then. might be something that we just bring up after the trial, so that way we can say, hey, he's obviously not in his right mind. This happened. Yeah, I I think Varus would in the as much as I can try to kind of emphasize like how, like not, not like going over it and opining, just like talking about it at length, but kind of like he is clearly not well Mm -hmm. and something is like from his writings and the way that it's clearly getting more unhinged and more disheveled. The interview that we conducted with him, like he's not in his right mind. Right. And I guess like the point of, while he committed the crimes of the gargoyle, like in, 
like installing the the cursed guard or the enchanted gargoyles yeah is not the same oswald that sits in the courtroom today but might not like still he, he is the same person but not the same like in the same state of mind so but that still needs to be established of crime and punishment i guess yeah yeah he's crazy because he fucked up with and got involved with dark magic yeah. shit like you got you guys bring up the uh name of the benefactor at all like do you guys speak it or do you I let figured that... that would be in the notes right mm-hmm. that simone just entered into yeah yeah i think it we probably would have touched on that when the the journal and everything was entered of like okay. he's talking about this benefactor that's been aiding him and helping him design the gargoyles. Like, here's this correspondence between these two parties. Or or at least him talking about the correspondence. So, now I need all three of you, and this is for you you keeping your poise and answering with eloquence and directness and clarity. I need all three of you to roll me a performance check. I then need Varus and Selty to roll persuasion checks. Performance and persuasion. Okay. So on the performance checks, Kane, what'd you get? Eight. Eight? Eleven. Eleven. Okay. And twelve. Twelve. For Varus. Okay. Not not any of your areas of expertise. You've never done anything like this before. Kane, you're a little not bristly, but you're kind of just gruff with your responses. Salty, you're very much just distracted mm-hmm. by your aunt sitting now probably 10 feet away from you. <laughs> Did and, she respond when my name was called or when I corrected the last name? Uh, go ahead. And no, I'll just tell you. Um, she, cause I would have been like there side-eyeing like, there at, like was, as I said that there was no outward recognition that you could tell. Okay. Okay. Cool. Varus, you do a, a pretty well job, um, but you do the typical Varus thing where you stumble over a few of your words and you kind of like get flustered from time to time. But you do relay your information in a way that you believe is clear and understandable. Cool. Uh, that tracks. Now, persuasion rolls, though, for Selty and Varus. Oh, and oh, uh, nice. while they're rolling this, uh, at any whenever uh, we mentioned the benefactors, I meant to ask if we could, uh, if I notice any change in the weird... Uh, roll a perception check Ooh. with disadvantage. Good, good one. Uh, 11 on Salty's persuasion. Same roll. Nine. And then, uh, Kane, what was your Eight. roll? Your perception check? Okay. Um, it seems to react in kind of like the, like, what is that sort of way that a lot of people in the room react when that, that name comes up. So it seemed typical. Okay. Yeah, seems typical. Yeah, so you all complete your time. You, you step out of the zone of truth and... Around this time, the art, some closing arguments are made. Oh wait, I'm sorry. No, you guys are still there. Helene comes up to cross-examine. Cross examine. I'm sorry, yeah. I forgot. I forgot about this. I thought we were getting off easy. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Right. I, mm. whew, I totally forgot my part in the notes about Helene's cross examine. Darn, we're not letting Brandon just tell his own story. <laughs> we actually have to participate. And you guys are gonna take part. Uh, Helene Brigsby, um, this have Helene woman comes up. Um, no distinguishing features about her. She just seems like a, a plain average woman, someone you would, you know, cross in the street. Um, and she sets her eyes slowly on each of you in turn. She then says, Sir Leoden, would you please mind just informing the court, just for posterity's sake, why did you choose to come to Ubiquis? Your family runs a very profitable 
merchant trade back in Angvarn. I hear that your father even was uh, beginning to train you to take over the family business. What possessed a man with literally the world at his fingers to come to Ubiquis and find himself in the middle of a court case that <laughs> involves, uh, what, what are we talking about here? Assault, attempted murder. Um, what brings you here? I believe that it is of the utmost importance for us to know your part in all this and how you came here. Well, if you must know, um, my people have a a coming-of-age ceremony, as it were, and let's say... My events in that ceremony um, embarrassed my family in some regards, and I am at the moment, I'm seeking my own path in this world, and I believe there are, there's something about Ubiquis that calls to me. Now, this um, behavior that you talk about in the ceremony, I believe it's that you came out of a stupor claiming that you saw some sort of forest in which an old man spoke to you and showed you a vision. Is that correct? Yes. So it might be accurate to say that one would think that particularly not sane uh, to claim to leave your family's positioning a life that you had built for nearly a century in your parents' care to come to a land you had never set foot on before, had no interest in, and seek out some benign or unimportant mission that you saw in a, excuse me for saying this of the high elven way, but hallucinogenic fever dream? For the record, I would like it to be known that I paid my own way here. Thank you very much. I will... I will admit it is... uh, It is an ancient ceremony, and some of the specifics are a bit shrouded and unknown even within our own circles, and I... I would not expect every... Oh, how much of a dick would Boris be about this phrasing? Oh, how how bad would he be? Because he's getting put on blast and he is not liking it. No. I would not expect some without a an extended foresight, as it were, to to understand everything of our culture and our history. But the ceremony is not something to be taken lightly. And I, I have, <laughs> I have reason to believe, and I do believe, that what I saw was not a hallucination, but a call for me to move on in my own path. Ah, yes, yes, the, the mighty duty of the high elves to guide and teach the world of its beauties and bountiful pleasures. Right. Okay, and remember, this is a half-elf who... Yep, yep. Oh, yeah. Now, uh, Salty Day. Oh, Salty Day. What is your part in all this? You're simple barmaid. 
how did you get involved in this conspiracy? Well, I was walking home after a shift and saw two recent patrons of mine fighting in the streets with a gargoyle. And I lended a hand. Mm. And, what and before you start in my past, I'm sure one of our judges is plenty familiar with that. I had tragedy befall my family and decided I needed a new start in a new con continent. I'm sure that loss is something that plenty of people can relate to and will understand. And uh, you see Helene looks over at Olivia. She's like, well, no, that wasn't going to be my next question. Uh, we all know of your relationship to Olivia uh, here. But um, no, my question rather is, what can you say of to the eyewitness accounts of you coming out of the woods 10 days after all this scuffle with the gargoyles went down? Wearing a smoldering, what is it, smoldering chainmail and a mask with the visage of night and day etched upon it. Um, are we t attacking personal religion now? Well, I just want to know, did you come to Ubiquitous prepared to take part in these adventures and seek out combat opportunities? Well, uh, as you've already established, Ubiquitous is a rugged and dangerous continent and i wasn't sure what to expect so i came prepared um as a defender of the law i'm sure you can uh, appreciate being prepared uh before you go into a trial of sorts um but yes i did come out of the the woods with my companions here 10 days later um and if you need a an extra Witness to those events, um, I'm sure you can contact the Waggletop family uh, and uh, to corroborate our story. Oh, I might just do that. I just, and this is where she looks at us, she goes, I just, to me, someone wearing chainmail that smokes on itself seems like someone who's hell-bent on some sort of mission to me, but to each their own. Now, Canaris uh, Hidescale. Hmm. We don't get many dragonborn here in the company's lands. Uh, I understand that you were coming into town, uh, finishing up a job and looking for um, some other work before you headed back to uh, the Verzin cities. Why have you stayed so long? I think your, your time here now in our, our region has about been two months. Um, what brings you here? What What is your purpose here in our lands? Uh, well, the coin is good. Also, uh, a sense of religion. Uh, I follow Bahamut, and one of the tenets is helping those that are in need. Uh, justice, if you will. And uh, I can't leave those in need in that predicament. And one thing just kind of spiraled into another, which spiraled into another. And... Uh, Frankly, I also don't like home. Hmm, I see. So you have come to our lands to spread the word of your god, in a sense. No. Not at all. Okay. Well, you can see how some of us are a little on edge, having a dragonborn suddenly touted as a hero among the company. We don't know your true intentions. We've never heard them. You could be a spy, for all we know. 
here to root out and find our weaknesses for the Dragonborn to drive us out of our lands. You are very aware of the dichotomy between the Verzen and the others. It, <clears throat> I have no love for those. That, the ones that would do the spying. I, they have no love for me. I have no love for them. I'm here to just help. Very, if you say so. And she, Do you have something against Dragonborn? Oh, I have something against those who would seek to destroy my way of life. Certainly. Have I not improved the way of life in this town by well, helping with... You seem to be here taking our coin readily, and I don't see you providing much else other than a strong arm and an axe to kill monsters every now and then. My purses are lighter in ways that I do not wish to brag about. Hmm. Well, then... Out of show good faith, tell us something about Optivus. And at that point, the entire room goes dead silent. They're stuck up pricks. Something we don't know. <laughs> They're really stuck up pricks. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm I'm done with them, judges, and she returns to her seat. Uh, you all then are able to to leave the zone of truth your your questioning is done can we cross-examine her <laughs> no you cannot <laughs> why are you a, such I do a, have a question was she, <laughs> was she standing in the zone of truth with us as she cross-examined or were we the only ones you were the only ones inside the zone of okay. truth yeah and then i guess my other question would be, there are no laws against dragonborn being in the like company territory or anything right i mean is not, she just being a racist not that you know of um, I don't know if it would be seen as that. Um, well, it, yes. <laughs> I mean, yes. Yeah. However, uh, you know that, um, I don't want to call this the wrong way. You know that to those who make the argument that she just made, uh, they don't believe that it's racism. They believe that they are ensuring that they are looking out for the well-being and interests of those closest to them, that they're protecting what's theirs. So selfish racists, <laughs> but I, I, basically I, I yes, yes, yeah. but yeah. So if they wouldn't voice it like that, even though that's yeah, what it what she yeah. was basically hinting at, yes, gotcha. yeah. So you guys can go back to your seats, and I just, I just uh, was an open book just for a second there. Hey, you know when family does that to you, yeah, when they that's just true. throw you off. Okay. And it wasn't, she didn't even have to say a damn word. Yeah, she's just in the room. All right, so you all return to your seats. Go ahead and all of you roll a... Oh, what do I want you to roll for this? Let's make it a... Let's do this. Make it a charisma saving throw for me. Oh, no. Okay. Since you were being attacked and all that, I want to... You know, you guys are kind of being personally attacked. I want to see how well you held up under that pressure. All right, so, Selty. Seven. Seven. Kane. Eight. Eight. Varus. Eighteen. Hey! Okay. okay, all right, and now I'm going to roll. Okay, so around this time, um, a few closing statements and arguments are made, and then Caddius Brown stands up again and says, All right, I think that's all the information we need. We'll take a brief uh, hour's recess, and then we will pronounce our judgment. And then you see the six judges kind of close in and begin their conversation. So... You guys are permitted to... You guys basically have an hour. Um, Simone, 
comes up to you all and joins you. You guys can speak to her if you wish, but there's an hour. So you guys can go do something or just kind of hang out. It's what you want to do. I look at Simone and just go, how bad were we? Well, I wasn't expecting her to uh, make character attacks on you, but the rest of our arguments were fairly thin. So I think she was just trying to frankly um, cast doubt on the three of you and your legitimacy here in Ubiquitous. I have never been so disrespected in all my years. Oh, but I I agree. I I feel like the the evidence is in our favor. I would agree even despite Helene's attacks and I am sorry about that all of you. She's not typically so uh well, she's not typically so cruel in her words or her thoughts. I, I'm not sure what's... It, that was not like her, but you all did hold up just fine. I know that it might have been difficult. Selty, I was not aware that that was your your aunt. Um, uh, Olivia Korsakov is your aunt? Uh, yes, that is, uh, that is true. And you see that... Uh, You've known each other for a few years, and you see now that some, it's almost that thing where you learn something about someone you know. You see now Simone's whole perception and impression of you has just changed entirely. Whether for good or bad, you don't know, but you can just tell she's now sees you as a different person than she did before. Does does that name mean anything uh, to you, me? Go ahead and roll me a history check. Okay. Of course it comes now. Natural 20. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Why now? Olivia Korsakov is a bit of a, like, m- not celebrity, but minor public figure of note within Peturia. Um, she is, she had a very successful career as a blue cloak uh, working in the Kingdom of Tron. So part of the military force there. Um, and what, but in the, most recently about 10 Years or so ago, uh, she was elevated to the High Council of Atron as the Minister of Information. Big deal. This is news to you, Salty. Yep. And I would say that just oh, in talking, oh, yeah. just in talking yeah. that would come up that she's the Minister of Information, yeah. which you had not heard yeah. before, Salty. Yeah. Okay. Oh, she got promoted. That That's great for her. Um. She's a very influential woman. Yes, that's one of many things she is. Um, yes, anyway, I, I apologize for being a little um, unstable up there. I, I, I feel like I reacted poorly to, honestly, her, her questioning of, of Varus, and, and I assumed a, a similar attack on my person or character would be her next move, and... I, well, I seem to have made a fool of myself, and I apologize if Helene, that hurt the case. Helene is a master of throwing witnesses off the footing. I've seen her in a few other minor cases before. Um, they brought her in for a reason. She wanted, they wanted, the company wanted to make sure that whatever came out was as as close to the right ruling as could be found. Anyways, please excuse me. I'm. I'm going to go get some air before before the pronouncement's made here in a, a short while. Uh, please do excuse me, and she'll she'll go off. Um, so you guys have probably about 45, 30 minutes. Um, 
you guys are welcome to just hang out till then. Um, but if there's anything particularly you want to do in that time, you can. Most of the people who like have their seats are like staying within because they don't want to lose their seats to the people outside. Right, right. We, but we have like saved seats kind of now for that us. Now that you are yeah. witnesses, you get the sense that your spots would be given back okay. to you. How far is – I forgot exactly where this building is, this kind of makeshift because it's it's not an actual like tri- like courthouse, right? Or, or it is, it? is, but okay. it's just – it's very much like one use. Okay. Very simple. How, how far is it from the Chattering Parrot? Oh, probably about a – Eight minute. You said walk. we have about if 45. you're walking briskly. Yeah, I'm gonna. I need a drink. Um, I'm gonna head down to the parrot for a second. Anybody oh, thank care God. To join? I didn't want to be the one to suggest it, but yes, please. Okay, this seems yeah. like a bad idea. I'm down for it. <laughs> All right, yeah, you guys, you guys can make it to the parrot. Um, yeah, Orton's there. Uh, Kethan is not here right now. She's out. Um, shopping. Actually, she's picking up some some supplies Getting for the groceries. Meal. Yeah, but I, I will say one thing that Selty would probably want to do as she's leaving the courthouse is kind of scan and just see if there's any shifty characters around. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. Roll roll a perception check. Ten. Ten. Um, there's a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, hard to say, but probably not. Okay. Cool. Uh, she's probably distracted anyway, so. Um, yeah, sit down just right at the bar in front of Orton and ask for, what is it, the ram, um, the, what's the really stout, um, the oh, Carhartian uh, stout? The, the Carhartian stout or the ram's, the ram's head? Is the ram's head that, like, really, like, strong, strong whiskey. whiskey? Yeah. Uh, yeah, just a shot of that. Yeah. Okay. what she'll yeah. order. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then, then probably just a, a standard beer. Or yeah, and I'll say whatever you guys want right now, Orton is just going to give it to you guys on the house. So, Yeah. Yeah, so you guys can sit, drink, yeah. kind of numb yourselves a little bit before you want to head back. Steady the nerves. Yeah. And I still leave two gold on the counter for Warden. And I, yeah, I think Selty will, she'll take the shot and she might take two sips of the, the ale and then just kind of stare in, like, yeah. just look at it and yeah. quietly just yeah. go over the last, you know, hour, two, three in your head. Yeah. Hour and then probably the last 20 years. Yeah, 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 fair enough. And around then the time does come where you guys need to. I mean, I, I, I would say you guys probably sit there kind of all three of you in silence, just being reassured by one another's company, yeah. but not really having anything to say to each other. You all know that you're just waiting to see what happens next. So you all head back to the courthouse, enter, find your seats. Um, there's some general murmuring and discussion going on. Cadius stands up and everyone goes silence again. It has been found by this panel of judges that Oswald Pinkton is guilty on all accounts. He has been stripped of his title of mage in residence for the company and he is being forfeited over to the care of the kingdom of Atron and being sent back to the continent of Petulia immediately to face his judgment, where he'll live out the rest of his life in the granite cells. Now, it has been requested by a representative from Atron that he go immediately, this day even. So, in the next ten minutes, everyone will clear the streets, and it's also been requested that our heroes who have caught him escort him to the docks. 
That is all. This case is now adjourned. Selty makes a beeline to Simone and is like, and everyone's kind of like, you know, they're murmuring, but like they are clearing out because when Cadius Brown speaks, mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. listen. Mm-hmm. Is this normal? Why? It, why us? It was a request made of your aunt that you and your companions bring him to her ship on the docks. Um, she is actually, and you see that she kind of clocks her, and uh, Olivia ducks out a back door. She goes, she's on her way to the boats now to prepare him. Um, Captain Towles, and Captain Towles joins you, will be joining you. Uh, but, um, yes, the four Can of I you... make an insight check on Towles? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Nope, that's a one. <laughs> that's a natural one. Yeah, uh, he seems like he's here just to do his job. Cool. He's a cool, guy. Cool. He's, 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 a guy. he's a cop. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it would seem that the three of you are to escort Pinkton with Captain Towles to the docks. Um, I would try, I, if I could, I would not ask this of you, Selty, but I'm afraid that Cadius agreed to it almost immediately. So, while you are not formally employees of the company in this, you don't have much of a choice. I, I am sorry. Okay. And at this point, you guys see it's mainly empty. The security agents remain. The other five judges remain. Um, they're all talking up on the, the podium or the, the stage. Um, and uh, Helene Brigsby is kind of giving up her papers. But uh, Oswald Pinkton is kind of at um, – he's been brought over at Tal's side. And Tal's is kind of holding him by, like, his collar. Um, he saws that inhibitor collar and he has cuffs on. But Tal's goes, all right, you guys ready to do this? Before – there's two things Selty wanted to yeah. – she'll go up to Helene and be like, I hope that was more just – on a professional level, um, well done. Uh, don't count this as a loss. You you actually did quite well. Um, um, yeah. Thank you. I'm sorry. I'm a bit of, a bit of a fog right now. Um, Are you okay? Yes, yes. I'll be fine. I think I just need to go get something to eat. Thank Can, you. Okay, the trial's over. Can I do detect magic on her? Sure. Ooh, interesting. Like, I want to see if there's, like, any, like, residue or, you know. Um, Ooh. So, I, I'm trying to remember what I add to this, if I add anything. Oh, I don't have to. Yeah, I just cast it, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'd, yeah. Anyway. Like, um, no. Okay. Nothing. All right. Um, all right. Nothing. Then I'll, I'll just kind of file that away. Um, and I briefly kind of, like, grab them aside as we're, like, walk or, like, as I, and... I don't want this. I don't want to say this while I'm next to Tal. So I guess whenever I have an opening, like where either we're moving out to the outside of the courthouse or something, just where I can quickly whisper to them. So wherever you think that would be appropriate, when you all step outside. Okay. Unlike when it was when you when you went and came back from the Chattering Parrot, the streets are desolate, totally empty. No one because he said it. clear the streets. He didn't say like no. He said clear the gotcha. streets. All right. Then, then I guess as we're like leaving the court on the courthouse steps or something, I'm just going to briefly whisper whisper to them like, keep your guard up. Don't trust my aunt. Which I have a quick question. Yeah, man. Whenever we went or whenever I went to the armor uh, last session. Mm-hmm. I got a new great axe, and then I also have the one that's being worked on with the shield project, correct? Yes. Okay, so I've got my broken one on my back, and 
uh, I've attached the charm to the unbroken one and mm-hmm. I'm holding that uh, over my shoulder. So I just have two axes. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm trying to look as intimidating as possible. For okay. This. okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. Cool. Yeah. Good to know. So you guys want to make start making your way from the docks from here. Uh, Celta, you'd probably be the one with the best sense of this knowledge. It's probably about a 20 minute walk. You guys are kind of further into the city. Um, so you guys would have to walk through a, a fair portion of the city to make to the docks, but it is a pretty much a, a straight shot though from here. I'm keeping my um, eyes out on the roof. Are there stables or, or like a cart anywhere so we could more uh, quickly transport him? Not that you see, no. Okay. All right. But yeah, I'm definitely keeping my eye out on the like the roofs and windows as we walk down the street. Yeah. I'm yeah. Actually, um Selty Selty's going to cast invisibility on herself. Okay. Interesting. And I'm I'll speak out loud and just be like, I'm I'm here, but I'm going to scout ahead. Okay. Noted. Noted, in fact. Okay. That is Okay, so yeah, you guys see Selty suddenly. You see as she's making this hand symbol and she's muttering, you see that her fingertips begin to like sparkle with this amber energy, and you see it almost go up and consume her entire body but it's almost it turns into like this beam of light going across her hands and her forearm and where it passes you then don't see selty there anymore until it covers her entire body and she's gone yeah it takes a moment but you do watch this this beam so, of light just consume i almost her. think of it as like as you burn paper that glowing edge like yeah it, like yeah that, that, that idea yeah. yeah um but she's selty's definitely putting on that like she is tense on edge. Okay. Um, so as you all begin, so I'll say that Tiles is still, is kind of like has Pinkton in front of him and he's pushing him ahead in front of him. Mm-hmm. Um, Kane and so Celtic, you're going to be in front of them. Yeah. I'm going to about how pro- far ahead, probably 25 <clears throat> yards, something like that. Like a, bl- like a block or a half a block ahead. Just like looking down, looking at just oh, scanning. Yeah, um, okay. Sure. If that's what I want to do. So. Kane, Varus, or if you guys want to do anything or just kind of walk at, the side or aside from keeping on alert just walking on the side yeah i'm i'm probably more trying to just kind of i'm probably listening to him because i assume he's still muttering under his breath uh make a perception check okay yeah that's pretty good 23 uh, he is and he is saying the same thing over and over they you know they called to me mm-hmm. they called to me they called to me and he, he's as he's walking I mean, he's still kind of rocking you like saying that the whole court like during the whole trial pretty much or was uh, he you like, don't know okay you don't know probably just speaking to himself okay yeah but he never he never gave testimony that was helene's decision that he would not give his own own statements or testimony so and we but he didn't get cross-examined by the prosecution mm-hmm. no okay Again, it's not weird our, court system. It's but not our legal system. Yeah. I was about to say. I think in our court system, it, the defendant doesn't have to take the stand. Yeah, no, that's true. You're, you're true. Yeah, <laughs> no, that is true. Okay. Yeah. So I'll, I'll kind of be kind of keeping an eye and an ear on him if anything changes. Okay. Like he starts mumbling something new, or it gets more like lucid, like he did during the interview, where it gets a little bit more ominous. Kind of. Yeah. Keep an eye on that as like a, a, a trigger for anything happening. But other than that, just keeping pace. Okay. Yeah. You guys are walking along. Um, yeah. So 
I know that Kane said he's looking at the rooftop. Selty, you're just doing a general scout out ahead. Uh, yeah, so I'll just have all three of you roll perception checks. You paranoid mofos. <laughs> hey, you kind of set the scene, sir. 13. <laughs> I, just, I just thought you well, I thought you guys would try to like talk to Caddy or talk to uh, Oswald during the walk. I don't know. Yeah. 16. 16. Same. 16. 16. 13. 13. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, Selty, everything in front of you seems fine. Um, Vars, you're just kind of giving, I'd say, probably a general scan, like behind and side mm-hmm. to side. Mm-hmm. That seems fine. Um, when you all are getting, I would say, you guys are probably within like four or five blocks of the docks. Uh, Kane. Mm-hmm. You see a movement up on a roof. Okay. And your eyes quickly dart up there. The old man from the courthouse. He's standing up there. And his hands are moving in a shape. And then instantly, swirling around you, a cloud of daggers. Oh, Jesus. I, and but at the same moment, Varus, you peek from a side street. This Mm -hmm. silver orb, roll out, has some glyphs on it. And you see almost as though air shimmering and heat, this wave comes out from it, enveloping all of you. We're going to pause, and I'm going to get our guest 